Fast Production. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan, Brandon Wardhouse, and Jared Oh boy, our first pay-per-view episode, we have a doozy. We had a weekend full of pro wrestling. We had Rampage on Friday, which not too much happened on that one. Uh, we had SummerSlam happen on Saturday. SummerSlam was... There, there were some moments. And then we had NXT with probably one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. Let's start with the most important question. Jarek, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about all this because a lot happened. A lot happened between Friday and Sunday. Um, it, yeah, honestly, just uh, it, it showed you the worst of pro wrestling. And it showed you the best of pro wrestling. Yeah, and some of that happened all in the same night. So uh, yeah, let's get right to it. So we we kid about Rampage, obviously. Rampage uh, debuted, coming back for the first time in fuck, seven and a half years. CM Punk. Uh, we all knew it was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't know when it was going to happen on the show. So naturally, everybody tuned in. Uh, and it starts off, it's just a, a pan of the crowd. Everyone obviously chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, and then cult of personality hits. And I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I popped. I was so excited. Um, was I surprised? No, but it was just so good to see this guy back in pro wrestling. He genuinely looked so happy to be back in somewhere that he loved. And obviously we'll get to the rest of it later, but what did you think about the initial of him coming down that ramp, looking in the crowd, jumping in the crowd, almost choking the tears? What did you think of all of that? I'm not going to lie to you. I teared up. Uh, I, yeah. like, I don't I don't tear up often at pro wrestling. Uh, and this is the second time AEW has made me quote unquote cry because the first obviously with the Brody Lee stuff. And then now with the CM Punk return, it, I, I, it was amazing. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen something so real and so raw. And I, and I loved every single moment of it, him jump, him coming out, the pop of his music, the pop of him coming out, the pop of him starting to walk down the pop of him jumping into the, uh, into the crowd, the pops of him hugging people he knew at ringside. There was it was a pop after pop after pop. There was it was like he he came out six or seven times in the same segment. That's how crazy the crowd was going. Yeah, it, it's uh it's amazing. I have audio here, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. So he goes down to the ring. Before he gets to the ring, we got to go to commercial, and they made sure the crowd knew or the the viewers knew that that commercial was ninety seconds. They said, and you'll hear from CM Punk from the first time in ninety seconds. I was like, okay, sweet. Like, they know this is a massive deal. And what I liked about this, the commentators shut the fuck up. They weren't like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Punk's here in AEW. Because they knew we knew. We knew they knew. But everybody just acted like it was a surprise. And we'll get to it, but it's – it's it's you compare it to the next night. It, on When Becky Lynch – oh, sorry, I don't want to spoil it. I'll spoil it. I can't really spoil it. But I think everybody watching knows. Yeah, 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 100%. But when Becky Lynch made her return – all you could hear is the announcers. Like, yeah. let us hear the music. Like, th- we love Becky Lynch because of her character, who yeah. she is, and her music. Like, I don't think anything was more perfect in that instance was that commentary team just sitting there, not talking. And when they did talk, th- they only added what needed to be added in that situation. Yeah, which was, we'll be back from commercial in 90 seconds. Yeah, they, they told us. We knew yeah. exactly. We, we knew not to go anywhere. Don't go get a cold drink, sit there, and you're going to see CM Punk back in the ring 
talking inside of a wrestling ring for the first time in seven years. Yeah, which was awesome. So he gets into the ring. He, he you know, says he's happy to be back, blah, blah, blah. But then it gets good. Uh, so I'm going to share the audio with you, and I'm just going to fill time because I forgot to hit the share audio button. Uh, but this was really good. Um, Punk hasn't missed a beat. Let's get to it. Again, because of copyright, we can't share the video, but here is the audio. We'll take it bit by bit. Can I tell you a story? So he sits down in the pipe palm position. This is where I knew it was going to get real. So good. You see, I felt before like I had to leave. I didn't want to. But I knew I couldn't stay, and that was when I used to work for a place called Ring of Honor. <laughs> August 13th, 2005 was my last match in Ring of Honor, and I famously came out with tears in my eyes. And walking out here today, I now know why I was crying. And it was a lot of reasons, but what it boiled down to was I had made a place where people could come work get paid, learn their craft, and love professional wrestling. So that right there was kind of the first hint at which direction this promo was taking. Um, I like the way he opened it. He didn't mention anybody by name, but he did without mentioning anyone by name. The loudest thing he said in this promo was not mentioning WWE. I, I think. I think what... He said he said at the started starting of his promo was, I had to leave the place that made me sick, like the yeah. WWE legitimately made him sick. Yeah, like he was not in a good place in his life mentally, physically, like he said spiritually, like he was not in a good place, and and they fucked him around. Like let's be honest, they yeah the WWE fucked CM Punk around, and it spoke volumes for him not only mentioning them by name because he, obviously he didn't, but. It's he said everything he needed to say about them with not even saying one thing about them. Exactly. Let's great. get to the let's get to the rest of this promo here. Crowd was super hot, by the way. Yeah, the whole promo. And I cried because I knew I was leaving a place that I love, and it was a home, and I knew where I was going. It wasn't going to be easy for a guy like me. Because I'm one of you. So I look at it like this. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. Love that reaction from the crowd. So good. August 20th, 2021. back so like jr said jordan-esque yeah that right there was one of the best lines i've ever heard in a promo before he he had a few lines that you could say were probably some of the best lines you've ever heard in, in uh, pro wrestling promo in my in my opinion yeah that was it, it was my god it was so good and then we get to the end i think it's in this clip let's just hear the last 30 seconds of this clip but just, you know, saying that I left professional wrestling in 2005 and now I'm back in 2021, you know, 
people who might not know are younger fans, and I don't blame you for not knowing because this was a very in-depth story, but people who don't know what the hell he's talking about, he doesn't see WWE as professional wrestling. It's sports entertainment, and it is. It was reflective in the shows this weekend. So, um, well, like I texted you, like it was it was a great wrestling. It was a great a great weekend of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get to the last little bit of this clip here. I will see you, and I'll see Sting, and I'll see all of you September fifth. I love how he said that. Yeah. I'm back. Damn. Well, that's huge. CM Punk back on pay-per-view. He's all AEW September 5th. Man, the chills are running up down my spine. So he later gets onto the mic after that and says oh and by the way seven years is a hell of a long time to have wait for someone to speak so on your way out of here why don't you grab a free ice cream bar on me and then drops the mic and leaves i thought that was the perfect touch to a perfect return promo a little bit of a side note is he actually paid for every single one of those ice cream yeah no it was was great and legitimately paid for that I like think the backstory to that is in WWE, he wanted to do ice cream bars. They said, yeah, we'll get on it. We'll get on it. We'll get on it. They never did it. And instead, they actually did release Roman Reigns ice cream bars, which you can get at the dollar store. So um, it's just what, what a perfect return. Like I'm kind of speechless on what to say about it because there was nothing wrong with it. No, no, no. it was it was a he, it was perfect pro wrestling. In his first two sentences, he put over Britt Baker. He put over Darby Allen. Fuck, he put over Sting. Like he... he didn't need to, but he did. But, you know, and, and then he announces it all out. I'm going to wrestle. So, oh my God, it's just phenomenal. AEW is so on the up and up. We'll talk about it at the end about who they possibly have coming in. But just what a fantastic opening to Rampage. It drew my interest to watch the rest of the show because I thought when Punk came out, I'm like, damn, I'm not going to want to watch the rest of this show. But I did. And it was good. No. Oh, yeah. It was a great show. Uh, again, it was perfect pro wrestling. And, and how many times can you say that after watching an AEW television show? It's insane. It, it gives you this this warm, fuzzy feeling inside when you're watching pro wrestling as a pro wrestling, or when you're watching AEW as a pro wrestling fan. Yeah, it's, it was that's really, the best way to say it. Really good. Uh, so after this, it was followed up by a number one contender tag team tournament. We had Private Party versus Jurassic Express. Express. I thought this was really good. We had Matt Hardy and Marco Stunt ringside. Uh, I just kind of want to know when um, Luchasaurus is going to stop tag teaming with you know children. Uh, the Young Bucks were on the stage. There were a lot of people ringside for this. Private Party pretty much isolated Jungle Boy for a beatdown in this. Hot tag to Luchasaurus who cleaned house. Uh, Jungle Boy hopped on Luchasaurus's shoulders for a superplex, but Isaiah Cassidy countered into a Canadian destroyer off of um, Luchasaurus. This was a great spot. In the end, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. Uh, we had Kenny Omega and Don Callis come out. Oh, no. I scrolled too far. My bad. Uh, so we had at the end of the match, uh, private party went for gin and juice, but Jungle Boy countered into a DDT. Jurassic Express closed it off with a power bomb for the win. Uh, this match was entertaining. It, it's tough to follow a CM Punk return, but I thought they did a pretty good job here drawing the crowd into the match. No, 100. percent And they they knew exactly what to do with the hot crowd because let's be honest, the crowd was burnt out per se after. Yeah after the big 15 minute, 20 minute promo by CM Punk and rightfully so. That's exactly why they 
they uh, did it at the beginning of the show. Either way, like you're not going to do it at the end because you're going to have 45 minutes of them chanting for CM Punk all night. And you're, you kind of have to do it at the beginning and, and burn your crowd out because that's just kind of the way pro wrestling works. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, when it comes to this match, it was it was kind of funny because they called it the semifinals and it was the first match of the tournament. So yeah. Was, that was kind of funny. It was kind of weird. You could you could have just went without saying that. Yeah. But it, it was great action. I'm a huge Jungle Boy fan. I love I love Luchasaurus. And I honestly think my uh, my big prediction for this tournament is, is they they're taking the titles at the at the pay-per-view. So. I think so, too. I, I agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a line. I forget who said it, but I texted it to you. Does one of the commentators think that Luchasaurus is actually a real dinosaur? <laughs> I, th- I think they play along with it. Yeah, like they were saying a couple things. Like you guys know, this is just a man in a mask, right? Like he was on Big Brother, so he's great. It was uh, it was kind of weird. Next up, we have Jay Cargill versus Kira Hogan. Um, this was a squash match. Uh, is Kira know. Hogan a free agent? Because she was in Impact like less than a month ago. I think she is, but I'm not 100 percent sure because like they've broken down the forbidden door. Uh, yeah, so yeah. she, you She's know, she could work anywhere, sometimes. right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah but. This was, you know, your typical squash match. It was there to make Kara look strong. Um, they were running low on time at this because Punk took up half an hour. So I understand why this match was on the card. You know, okay, it was a match you used to build a character. I get, Great. I get, the, I get what they're doing with her, but I don't know. I just don't. It, it, it seems a little WWE four style. That's yeah. kind of what it what it reminds me of, and I, I don't know. It's we we talked about it a lot the last time. It was it's that organic build to a superstar. Yeah, and she doesn't really have it. it. It's just kind of like again, it feels forced. Yeah, I don't think she's the type of uh, the type of wrestler who can get over with the crowd right now. No, and it, whether you're a heel or you're a, a babyface in AEW, you you have to be over with the crowd to, to make yeah. it work. And when you're bringing in guys that are mega over right now. You you're really gonna notice the dull spots in your show, yeah. So that's why you kind of always have to, uh, you have to hit. You can't miss on every single cylinder. You you have to hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after that, we have Mark Henry interviewing John Moxley and Daniel Garcia. They made Mark Henry look good on the mic here, which if you can do that, you're having a pretty good show. Uh, Moxley had his back turned half the time. He was just really pissed off, and then he just ran to the ring after saying he's going to bounce Garcia's head like a basketball and choke him out. I'm like, all right, sounds good. But the, the, the best part about Moxley is his back was turned to us, and you could you you knew what his face was doing. You knew he was pissed off. You knew he was disgruntled. You knew he was ready to just fuck somebody up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this match was only given like seven minutes because, again, they were low on time. But, oh, my God, did they make the most out of seven minutes. Um, so Eddie Kingston and 2.0, they were ringside. Moxley was pretty much, you know, harassing Garcia into the corner and then just beat him up with a suplex. Garcia went to attack his knee, and he did. Mox was back on top for two German suplexes, and then he hit a third German. But as he hit the German, Garcia went low and hit the knee again. Moxley crawls to the ropes to break out of a submission. And then Moxley gets up and he's like, hit me with your best shot. So they just exchange shots all the time. Hit him back with some headbutts and then a big slam. Garcia escapes the paradigm shift to roll into another leg submission. And then Garcia cranks too far back. Moxley snatched Garcia's neck for a bulldog choke to win. Uh, This was a really good match to finish. But after the match, um, Garcia attacks Moxley again. 2.0 took care of Kingston. But then Darby Allen and Sting run into the save. And I immediately thought Punk was going to come back out, but he didn't. Uh, they just kind of used this to give you a taste of what was going to happen going into All Out, which, uh, which I, I enjoyed. 
I enjoyed it, and I actually like that Punk didn't come back out because yeah. at the end of, at the end of the day, it's he is the new guy, he is the new excitement, but you you got to showcase the guys who have gotten you to the place where you could have brought CM Punk in because CM Punk was sitting on the sidelines waiting and yeah. seeing if this company was going to fail. And yeah. at this point, I don't think this company is going to fail. At this point, I think they're WWE's competition. This isn't yeah. NXT's competition. This is WWE's competition. Um, and one thing I actually want to point out is uh, and during John Moxley's promo, he called out every single one of the top baby faces and a couple of top heels. So it makes you think that with, with all these uh, potential babyface style superstars coming in, like the Brian Danielson, CM Punk, potentially Bray Wyatt, potentially uh, this uh, Adam Cole. You know, hey, we, that's something we can talk about. But but for all these guys that you know for a fact are going to get this huge reaction, I don't think it necessarily would be a bad idea turning uh, turning Moxley heel. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I we could talk about it at the end. That. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we could talk about that at the end. Uh, so that was Rampage. Rampage goes off the air. Twitter's ablaze. I thought it was great. They actually did a press conference after this um, with Tony Khan and CM Punk. And there are a couple of good quotes on it. I'll attach the link to it. But, you know, what was a great you- video. I actually sat I, I don't think I didn't think I was actually going to sat, sit down and watch it, but I actually did. And actually, it was actually a pretty decent interview. And it showed yeah. the, the the human side of Tony Khan. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I'm loving Ram- the Rampage format. You know, they open, they have a match. Promo, match, promo, match, done. High pace, high action, great workers, great match. The crowd's hot the whole time. The only thing I'm concerned about is they've had two massive moments, two to three massive moments on these shows so far. I don't know if they can keep that up. And when you have a kind of a dud of an episode, which is bound to happen, I hope people don't dunk on it because you're not going to get a CM Punk return, a Britt Baker hometown defense, uh, a Christian Cage winning the Impact Championship every week. That's not going to happen. No, I, I completely what you agree. Will get, what you will get every week is a fantastic wrestling match. And I think that's – and I think – I mean, we're, we can talk about this later, but they got 1.1 – million viewers on the, on the latest episode of rampage which is yeah. insane for a friday night at 10 p.m well did but, you see what they got in chicago exclusively no what was that so just chicago they drew 1.7 oh wow that's insane yeah during the i think it was from like 10 o'clock to 10 30 it was like 1.7 and yeah. also t- TV ratings are bullshit because it's only oh, 100%. only the States, not all of them count. Like you probably watched it streaming. I watched it streaming. So I, ours- I watched it on TNT, but I don't think my views count watching TNT in Canada. So yeah. And I, I was watching TSN direct. That doesn't count towards cable box ratings. No. So no. yeah, it just, it's, it's interesting, but well, like I was going to say though, if they can keep 800,000 based on a pro uh, just a, a strictly pro wrestling show with a few good promos i don't think that's a a failure especially if you're in the potential that maybe by the end of the year hit two million on on a dynamite so i don't know who knows 800 on a, on a friday night from 10 to 11 is, is not bad no not bad at all um loved it love that we're gonna take a quick breather we'll be back for summer slam and welcome back. We are going to dive into the good and the bad of SummerSlam. Uh, we're going to take it match by match. Some of the matches are only going to get like 30 seconds because they just, quite frankly, don't deserve the attention. Uh, so the kickoff match was Big E versus Baron Corbin. Big E defeated Baron Corbin and also got his briefcase back. So uh, 
yeah, that was that. But I am loving what they're doing with Baron Corbin because right now he's posting videos online of him winning money in the casino, which I actually think is pretty funny. So, you know, I wish they going. covered it more on the show, though. Like, I feel like they could have like popped something in at the end of the night or something. Like, oh, look at look at Baron Corbin's doing after losing the match earlier tonight or something like that. I saw an idea online. It was on Twitter, and I hope they go with it. I don't remember who tweeted it, so sorry if I'm not giving you credit. Um. He said what they should do is Baron Corbin, because they have that partnership with DraftKings, they should have Baron Corbin get really into DraftKings and then start messing with the results of matches so that he wins the DraftKings pools, like in kayfabe uh, or in storyline, and then he could become DraftKings Corbin. Yeah, and then gets like arrested for like for max fi- for match fixing or something like that. That'd be hilarious. He comes yeah. back as like a, a jailbird badass or something. No, he just comes back as a Vander Kane. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the kickoff match. Pretty good pace. It's always fun to watch Big E. Um, you know, I'll give this a do you want to grade SummerSlam? Do you want to give it a grade or overall or just this match? Uh, we, we can track what we give it so we have a total at the end. This match is a C plus. C plus. All right. I would I was gonna go with a C minus. So how about a C? That, that works. Yeah, let's go with a C. So all right, C right here. All right, so uh, the show kicks off with the match that you and I actually both said would kick off was uh, AJ Styles and Omos versus RK-Bro for the Raw Tag Team Championships. This match was good. Obviously, Omos, you know, shows his power early, taking Riddle out, and then uh, Styles comes in, continues it. Riddle made one of the hottest tags I've ever seen to Randy Orton, throws Styles around, and then he hit uh, Omos on the apron, which I liked because you do have to attack Omos. Riddle take out, takes out Omos outside. He hit the giant into the ring post, and then Styles hits a moonsault into a reverse DDT. This led to a final flurry between Orton and Styles, and then that ended when Orton hit an RKO uh, for the win. This was a fantastic opening match because I think RK Bro, they're one of the most over acts right now, and then giving the crowd something they want at the beginning. What a fucking concept. Um, yeah. Who would have thunk? Was fantastic. I'm actually going to give this one a B plus just because of the match placement and the the way they got the crowd into the pay-per-view at the start. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When, when I uh, sat down and watched this match, I honestly thought they were going to kick it off with um, the Goldberg-Lashley match for some reason. I just, I just figured that was such a WWE thing to do. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to say I was disappointed when it wasn't, but the match got going and, I, I love me some Riddle. I love me some AJ, and I love me some Orton. Almost is just he's just there, in my opinion. It, I wish he was he would show a little bit more pain when he would get hit. I know he's a giant, and I know that yeah. they're not supposed to do that, but still. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good match, in my opinion. I think it's like a B minus, just because I wish it was a little bit longer. Knowing uh, like, there was a thing going with the the Pacquiao fight in Vegas, so apparently uh, Vince agreed that he was going to have the pay per view pay per view done by eight. In Vegas, but the the pay per view ended up going like twenty after nine. So knowing that, they and just I I don't know I just I wish this they got like at least 10, 12 minutes because on a raw they would have got ten to twelve minutes with the with the commercial. So, so there was some confusion on that because one of the wrestling insiders tweeted out this needs to be done by eleven p.m. Eastern time, which is our time. Yeah, I'm like. I'm like, hang on, that makes no sense because the Pacquiao main card didn't start till 11 p.m. Vegas time, and they're three hours behind. So I think people were wrong on that. But I think I don't think it was the Pacquiao fight. I think it was the the event in itself. 
Maybe, that they I wanted people to be there for, but they, they the guy should. who owns, yeah, who it's, it was a mess. It, you, I don't know, it, like why have two events on the same day then? They should have just had Pacquiao fight at SummerSlam. Yeah, seriously, I didn't even know Pacquiao fighting. was fighting that. I didn't know that was the reason. I just thought it was like a Vegas bylaw or something, which I was like, that's dumb. You're in Vegas. Yeah, who? Yeah, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, I gave this a, I gave this a B plus. What did you, what did you want to give it? Uh, B minus. All right, so we'll go to B. So that so brings B, the whole yeah. pay-per-view so far to a C plus. Um, so it's next up, we good. That's not bad. So next up, we have Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. I missed this one. Do you want to take? A, you want to talk about this one? D minus. All right, so we'll go with a D minus. I, I I just this this isn't something you put on a pay-per-view. Eva Marie is is a terrible wrestler. She's a terrible actor. She's terrible at everything she does. I don't get it. I don't get her character. I don't get why they signed her back. We're backtracking in the, in the women's division. This is why AEW's women's division is superior when it's not, because you can take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, Nothing is taken seriously in that women's division except Charlotte Flair, which we'll get to. But it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't care about these two. I don't care about the feud. I don't care about the doll. I just don't care. Was Did the doll get involved in the match? I honestly, I, I, I just, I did not watch this match. I skipped it. I don't care about this match. It, it's, it, nothing intrigues me from this match. I, I, I would assume the mount, the, the dog got involved, but I don't know. All I know is what I did see was Piper Niven put uh, Eva Marie's jacket on at the end of the uh, match and announced that Eva Marie was the loser and then stormed off. And then today I saw him on the Night Raw that Eva Marie slapped her. So uh, there's already, a breakup happening and they've been together for less than four weeks. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, uh, it's, so it's just stupid. I, I, I don't want to keep saying it, but I don't understand why we're being force fed stupid shit on a, on a, even if it's sports entertainment, it's not entertaining. It's, it's not sports. It's not entertaining. I don't think of a doll when I think of sports. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so D minus for this, that brings us to a C minus so far. Next up, we have the U.S. Championship match: Sheamus versus Damian Priest. Sheamus got off to a hot start. He hit a, you know, but Priest got back into it. He hit a Falcon Arrow. Later on in the match, uh, Priest scores a near fall after hitting the South of Heaven. Priest was locked into a heel hook, but then he ripped off Sheamus's face mask and then just kept hitting him in the face. Like fucking good for you. This then set up a moment for Priest to hit Reckoning to score the win, but the bad bump on the early dive was scary, so Priest got his feet back under him as the match went on, and then he got his stride back and hit Sheamus um, with a with his finisher to get the win. Damian Priest wins by pinfall, and we have a new U.S. champion. Honestly, I'm going to give this an A just because of my pure joy of um, Damian Priest winning and getting a title because they've actually he's actually undefeated on um... – in a singles matches on Raw since his main roster debut, which See, is I'm, I'm giving super it a, intriguing. I'm giving it a C because I fucking hate Sheamus, and this match did nothing for me. So we'll go. That's, for, that's we'll, fair. We'll go with that's a fair. B there. So that brings us to a C plus. Actually, and one thing I want to add is uh, during the match, Damian Priest took a, a nasty bump or fall on his ass, and which is kind of scary because he's he's actually had uh, back issues in the past. Yeah. So yeah, just keep an eye on that. So so far in. To SummerSlam so far, I'm like, okay, we had a mediocre kickoff match. We had a tag team title change, which was good. We had Alexa Bliss versus Eve Marie, which was a D minus, as you said. I missed that one. And we had a mediocre US Championship match. I'm like, okay, it's got to start picking up. And hey, it did not. Say okay, because... say okay, US title match, not mediocre. 
and it did not because the <laughs> the Usos are next up with the Mysterios. Um, you know, Rey Mysterio quickly took out Jimmy Uso to the ropes and almost had a six one nine. The Usos then got momentum back. They were able to isolate Dominic and keep Ray out of the ring, which I actually thought was a little bit of good storytelling. Jay was like mop, mocking Dominic the whole time, telling him, crawl to your daddy, crawl to your daddy, but kept cutting him off. I love that. Dominic was able to get back into the match. He hit a suplex reversal and then hit a hot tag. A hot tag to Ray Mysterio is something I just don't believe. Um, and then, you know, Ray ran in, took out both Usos, and then he hit got hit by a super kick. Jay countered a race springboard with another super kick. The young bucks are just rolling in their grave right now. And then an Uso splash, but he only got a two count. So good for you, Ray Mysterio, I guess. Um, then Jimmy, I think, tried to get to the top of the rope, but he missed his splash. Then Ray attempted to hit a frog splash, but Jimmy got his knees up. I always love when someone does that. And then the Usos hit a tandem super kick and Jay hit one final splash for the win. I thought they were going to put the belts on the Mysterios here, but I guess not. Yeah, apparently Rey Mysterio said something, or there was a rumor going around about him not wanting to um, have a feud with, with Dominic. And they're doing don't nothing but see pushing. We, I'm not one of those people, but I do believe that there are a lot of people who want to see that. But it's one of those things where they're doing everything but pushing it, but, but to push it, but it's just, I don't, I don't care. And it's just yeah. one one thing I do want to give them credit on is they're they are playing on our her our whole like our generation thing of being people who are uh not angry people, but people with the short short fuses. So it, it seems like the Usos were kind of playing on Dominic, being like, Come on, man, like and they're trying to like get under his skin because they know that he can't focus when when he's when he's upset about something in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so what would you give this match? Uh, let's go with uh, C plus. C plus. I, I I fall around there too, so I'll go C plus. That's so that keeps us at a C plus, which I think is fair so far. Yeah, it's good. Entertaining, but boring. I was entertained. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's some of these things are they if done properly, this could be a great wrestling show if done properly. But they just so, don't focus on it. Next up, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. Supposed to be Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. They were hyping this all day. They even aired the fucking video promo. Bianca comes out, does her full thing. Even before the match, they showed like the pre-match uh, hype. Bianca comes out, gets into the ring. The announcer introduces her. And then he just goes, oh yeah, Sasha can't compete tonight. Here is your replacement, the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. Carmella comes down to the ring. And then you hear Becky Lynch's music hit. I'm like, sweet. This is awesome. Great. And then it just goes downhill from there because Sasha, uh, not Sasha, Becky gets into the ring, takes out Carmella, goes back into the ring and she goes up to Belair and was like, what about me? I'll, I'll fight for the title. I'm like, yes. Like Becky versus Belair. That could be a great 12 to 15 minute match. Wrong. She goes in for the handshake elbows her, and then hits the manhandle slam, which is the rock bottom, and pins her. 17-second match. You completely ruin Bianca Belair by getting her squash. You completely ruin Becky Lynch by turning her heel this way. It was absolutely awful. This was an F. Yeah, I, can, I would go with an F-minus, to be honest with you. Uh, and then there's a rumor going around about Be Becky Lynch being turned heel. 
Yeah, like, she is. We, we've we've waited this whole time, and you're gonna turn the world's girl, the man, heel. I I just don't understand it. it it's it's just bad booking after bad booking. You had eight days to tell us that that Sasha Banks was not able to compete. That's fine. That's it, it, it's 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 not even that. You do not have to tell us. Like this was fine. When Becky came out, I'm like, okay, this could be good. Have a triple threat, have her pin Carmella in five minutes. To be have... honest with you, I disagree with that because you CM Punk, the CM Punk return, everybody knew was happening. That was right. something we knew. You could have you could have canceled the match. You could have told us Sasha Banks is is unable to compete. We're living in a world that where that stuff's gonna happen. The world is gonna say, okay, as fans. We're gonna be like, okay, we get it. It sucks. Does it? Yeah. Does it suck? A hundred percent. The WrestleMania match was a great match. But do we want to see it again? A hundred percent. Especially with a bigger crowd. But we get that that things can easily be taken away from us right now in this world. So it's one of those things where you could have just said, okay, Sasha Banks is unable to compete. We're gonna to have to change the matchup. We have a very very special guest for you, or a special replacement for you guys at WrestleMania or, or, or at SummerSlam. We're not gonna tell you, but it, it it's the man it's say something with the man in it or or you know what i mean see they don't they don't want to do that though because they Why, wanted it's good yeah because it's good but also because wwe books for moments they don't book for storytelling because you book mecky for an awesome moment that was fantastic she comes out the crowd is going nuts commentary kind of ruined it because you couldn't hear her music or the crowd but you know that's great the man is back she's getting gonna go fight for the tag team title against one of your hottest female superstars right now and then you just do this and you ruin both characters instantly. Like, where do you go from here? The long-term booking in this was next to none. You couldn't book beyond five minutes because all you wanted was that massive crowd pop and the Twitter interactions for oh, hashtag. Oh my God, Becky is back. Who fucking cares that Becky is back. If you're going to ruin Bianca Belair and you're going to ruin Becky Lynch, because where does Becky go from here? Who does she fight? She fights Bianca. Is she well, gonna apparently lose to- she wasn't supposed to be back till October. So Right, and that's another them having thing. a twenty-five she, second match. That means she, she's not ready to go. Okay, so who's she fight? Are we not going to see a title defense? Is she going to drop into Belair again? Because if she drops into Belair at the next pay per view in a squash match, that's fucking stupid, and I've lost all interest. I've already lost all interest, so I don't think you could do. I like it. it it's one of those things where you're going to have to do something major to bring me back into the storyline because I absolutely hate when WWE messes up with a babyface. That's so easy. Just give us what we want. It's so easy. All she has to do is hit that music and come on down the ring with her with her emotion that she does, and people are going to soak her up. You know what I would have done? Who's Becky's biggest rival in the WWE? Charlotte Flair. I would have had Charlotte come out, give Charlotte the belt. She's Charlotte two belts until Becky's ready to come back. Charlotte knocks off Bianca, knocks off Oscar, knocks off, uh, I don't know, Tony Storm, knocks off someone else. She's like, there's nobody left. I'm Charlotte Two Belts, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Becky, mu- Becky Lynch's music hits, and then they're able to do that. That not only reignites the Becky Charlotte feud, which kind of ran out, you have the two top women superstars going, and there's a story there. Also, you're protecting these other superstars. Yeah, I, I I have nothing to add to that because I just completely agree. Right? Do something like that. Do anything but this. You totally ruined it. You blew it's, it up. And it's so easy, and they make it so difficult. We're sitting here easily booking a multi-million dollar company better than the actual people working in it are. And I came it's up insane. with that driving to work. It's in, it, 100%. It's insane. It, it's so. 
yeah, we and we I, get yeah. I don't know. I'll keep I'll keep going back to it, but it the AEW Rampage show on Friday night was a prime example of how easy it is. Everybody knew something. We we were going in expecting something, and we still popped like we were little kids. Yep. It's just WWE has it. We'll give it to us at the, at the edge of our fingertips and just snatch it away. It, like yeah. it's nothing, and they're totally okay with it. Uh, so we both gave that an F minus, so that moves us to a C minus total. Um, sure, why not? It's about to get a whole lot lower. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal somehow was the match they chose to follow this up. Uh, this was a pretty quick match. McIntyre went for a Claymore early, but Mahal rolled out of the ring. Mahal was able to cheap shot McIntyre later, but McIntyre quickly regained control with a series of belly-to-belly suplexes. Uh, you know, this was just a, a, a match between McIntyre and Mahal. I kind of got tired of it like two minutes in. McIntyre wins pretty quickly. And then after the match, he goes to get the sword and swings, misses by like 10 feet, and then doesn't do this. The issue I had with this match is I thought the sword was going to be used because the sword was allowed at ringside. And then you don't even use the sword. Well, which is good because I didn't want to see a murder on live TV. Okay, but, but with the premise of the premise of the sword is allowed at ringside. Oh fuck, he's gonna use the sword. Or or do something like do something dumb where you 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 try to use the sword and it gets stuck in something and Drew pulls the handle off of it and uses the handle on Ginger. Or there you go, something. It's 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 something where the sword comes into play and. It's it's there. It it, this, it works with the storyline, but it's just so dumb. It, you and then you have your comment. You have your uh, Byron so- uh, Saxton on the mic saying, "Oh, they're staying in the back," and that was literally decided five days ago. Yeah. That was part of the storyline five days ago on Raw, and I didn't even watch Raw, and I knew that. Come on, Shaggy, get out there. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. I just don't get it. I don't know. It's it, it's um, also I got a bone to pick with the WWE and their heels who are banned from ringside. There's a difference between being ringside and being on commentary. So if you're banned from ringside, just go on commentary. Just stand on like like if you're banned from ringside, stand on the the, the, the top of the um the ramp. Yeah, you're not at ringside. You're allowed there. Go on just commentary. Show your presence. Yeah. Like I just don't understand. I don't know. So I was pretty disappointed. The sword wasn't used. I'm gonna give this a D. I'll give it a D2, and, and I'm kind of disappointed because I'm not like everybody else where I don't think Jinder Mahal is a terrible in-ring worker, especially when he when he's in, in the ring with a guy like Drew, with their friends. I feel like you could have gave these guys seven, eight minutes and got and got rid of the, the Eva Marie matches and all the stupid shit on the show. Like, for instance, we're going to talk about it, like the Nakamura entrance that I thought was going to be a random match, and then it wasn't. Like, I missed that. So what happened there? So basically, his music hits. He comes down the ring, which he was already halfway down the ring when they showed him. Which is I was in I was in the bathroom. Sorry, just for some background, people thinking I'm just skipping SummerSlam. I wasn't. I went to the bathroom. I heard Nakamura's music. I come back and nothing's happening. So yeah, fill me in here. So what? So a little side uh, backstory for me is when we watch these pay-per-views, we actually do a little, uh, not bets, but little picks and we will write the matches down. So we have all the matches written down. So we thought we had everything. And um, so Nakamura's music hits, he starts coming down, which I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. They're going to throw an extra little intercontinental title match on here for us. Like it's SummerSlam. Why not? Which I was, so I kind of got excited. They start dancing. Um, Rick Boogs is in the ring. 
so this sorry, this is the beginning. Rick Boogs is in the ring doing his little guitar solo. He introduces Nakamura. Nakamura's already halfway down the ramp, coming right. in. They're, they're, they start dancing to the music with Pat McAfee, and it goes to commercial. And they come back, and he's not there anymore. What the fuck? Yeah. That's, and I was like, okay, we're moving on in the show, I guess. So, like, I uh, I saw a tweet, and again, like you said earlier, I, I wish I had, I wish I wrote it down to give uh, credit to it where credit's due. But they literally tweeted, all this show is about is entrances and reactions. That's all that matters. That's all that that's all that matters in WWE. They don't care they about work. the wrestling. They yep. don't care about the storylines. That's they, all that matters. They book for moments. They don't book for storylines. No, and it's it's unfortunate because they have the potential to be uh, it. I really wish they were good because it, it, could you imagine if you had a good wrestling show on Monday, a good wrestling, and two good wrestling shows on Friday, and a great wrestling show on Wednesday? Like, could you imagine? Why couldn't pro wrestling? Nakamura have done an open challenge and an NXT guy answers them. Johnny Gargano comes out. Because you have guys on the NXT roster that are terrified of coming up to the main roster because of how they're treated. But they could come up for a one-off. Gargano's been up before. No, I, I completely agree, but it's one of those things where they, they don't think that well. They, they just, they'll be like, no, nah, well, We'll do this little entrance and make. But you know that you know what that would have done. That would they could have brought in an NXT guy to fight Nakamura in a what seven eight minute match, and then been like, check out NXT Takeover tomorrow night. You know what? Actually, they probably didn't want to do that because people would have realized it's a better product. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it was a better product because it's a it's a new era in NXT now. Well, we'll see where they go with that. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna hate on it yet. We haven't seen what they've done. Uh, so next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship Triple Threat Match. I had high hopes for this. Uh, we have Nikki, almost a superhero, versus Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm sorry. Charlotte looked like a dog who got neutered coming out in that outfit. Like, she had a fucking cone on. She's something different. Yeah. Um, this match started off hot. You know, Flair taking everybody out. She took Ripley out with a big boot. Nikki hit a DDT, hit a near fall. And then uh, Ripley and Flair began to battle it out on the floor. Nikki came off the top rope with a crossbody on both women. Nice little spot there. Big moves continued. And then Flair hit a twisting moonsault from the top rope to the outside. I love when she does that. It's such a ballsy move to do. She, you really trust your opponents on that one. And then Flair locked Ripley into the figure eight back inside the ring. And then Nikki broke it up by flying off the top rope. Again, a lot of high flying moves in this match. Then Nikki hits a near fall on Flair, but found herself locked in the figure eight seconds later, and she tapped out as Flair becomes champion. Um, this was a fast-paced Again. match, but the booking in it was not very good. So I'm kind of dr- like, I'm not quite sure what to think of this because it was entertaining, but I didn't like how they booked it. No, I, I completely agree. And it's just... It's one of those things where it's it's just booked around making Charlotte the champion again. And yeah. she's going to lose it again soon so she can get it back. And then she's going to lose it again so she can get it back. And then she's going to lose it again a couple more times so she can get it back a couple more times. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I'll give this I'll, – I'll, I'll be fair because, you know, we're marking the wrestling and the story. I'll give this one a B. I'm going to go with the C- minus. to be honest with you. I, I, I just – I don't care. C-. Okay, so B- minus total. And I, and I feel so bad for Rhea because she's so goddamn talented. So that brings us up to a C, which I think is about right so far. I'm not going to lie to you. That's kind of surprising because of how much BS is on, has been on the show already. 
Yeah, but some of the matches were good. Next up, we have, oh, this was phenomenal. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Rollins comes out, um, you know, normal entrance, pretty good. And then Edge comes out, and I was actually pretty pissed off to start because I love Edge's entrance music with the think you know me, the smoke goes off and all that. It looks like a bunch of people are vaping behind him as he comes out. But Edge comes out to the broods. Well, you knew why they did do that, right? Because the so basically they're in in that yeah the pyro stadium, there's the yeah there's, there's no, no there pyro, no pyro. yeah like what how do you what like why are you booking a, re, a stadium for SummerSlam that doesn't allow pyro and apparently their their uh, internet was down so nobody could buy anything yeah and they don't take cash wow um but also I understand the no pyro because they're in Vegas it's really dry okay fair enough. that's fair but at the end of the day why again the the, the question still remains why are you booking an arena that doesn't allow pyro as a pro wrestling show. Such good shit. Pal. Anyway, Edge comes out to the Brood's music. Um, I don't know much about the Brood. It was in the 1990s, so I didn't really watch that. But Edge looked fucking sick coming out like that. And I like how they transitioned to his new theme song halfway down. So I still got to hear it. He was fired up. It was really good. This match was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, they ran through some of their greatest hits. Rollins went for a pedigree. Edge hit a glam slam, which I thought was amazing. And then we'll yeah, get to awesome. that. That's uh, Beth Phoenix's finisher, Edge's wife, for those of you who don't know. Um, Rollins keeps trying to look for the stomp, but that Edge hit a spear through the ropes, which good for you, Edge, man. You're still taking these huge bumps. And then Edge Ballsy. hits a sp- Yeah. Edge hits a spear in the middle of the ring. Rollins kicks out and then hits a super kick to Edge's neck and then runs in for another attempt at the stomped. But Edge catches Rollins' foot and turns it into the educator submission. And then Rollins was able to fight through that. But Edge was finally able to pick up a win with a cross-face sleeper, forcing Rollins to tap out. Um, This match, (laughs) my God, did it deliver. It was probably Edge's best match since he's been back. And yep, he had a he had a, he's had a couple of good ones, but I really good this. You put anybody with a worker like Rollins, you're gonna have a good match. The surprise for me on this was they had Rollins tap. Yeah, I was shocked that Edge won. I was shocked. I wasn't shocked he won. I was shocked Rollins tapped. I was shocked on both on both counts. To be honest with you, I am. I I had a feeling Edge was gonna win because I think he is going for a title soon. I don't know which one, but I think he's getting That's a fair. title soon. Um, dude, this match drew me right back into the pay per view. I was hyped up. I'm gonna give it this one an A plus. I loved everything about it. Yeah, I I would go with. The, I'm just gonna go with an, a solid A, just because I'm not uh, like I'm not the biggest Rollins fan. He, All right, he, I'll go to an great, A. What, what he does, but. But honestly, this is kind of a throwback to one of my favorite matches of all time is uh, Lance Storm versus uh, Edge at SummerSlam 2001. This is it really reminded me of the of like the the style of match that these two had. It was it was phenomenal. Do you think these guys get a gimmick match down the line, like either a ladder match, a Hell in a Cell match, a TLC, something like that? Because I feel like they could do really good in one of those matches. I. Th- I want to go with Hell in the Cell because I don't think Edge being in a TLC match would be the greatest idea, just because of his neck issues. But, yeah. but I, I, at the at the same at the same time though, he can definitely take a, a, a bump or two through a table. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I definitely think so. I would I would definitely appreciate it because that would go well with the the perfect storytelling they've actually been doing with Edge as a whole since he's been back. Yeah. And I think well, I think when you go from a single match into another single match. And then go into a gimmick match. I think that's a perfect road leading into 
what could be the, the 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 eventual ending of the rivalry, and hopefully ending with one of them having a title because I yeah. wouldn't mind uh, South getting a title too. Just have them win the tag team titles. Why not? That like one of those stories that they beat the shit out of each other and be like, whoa, like there's not we have something in common. Like you're yeah. you're a they change it into like the fake edge thing into the you're the young edge in a yeah. way. Sure, why not? Just call them the edge light, the edges. Something yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, edge, edge squared. So it was at this point in the night, I think, that they announced that they're going back to Saudi Arabia in October for a super show or whatever the hell they're going to call it. So we have that to look forward to. So I'm like, oh, what's going to main event this? Well, that was fucking answered in the next match because we have Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Now, this match, before we get into it, I just want to make very clear. The wrestling in the match was awful. The storytelling was fantastic. The match starts, and this was just, uh, as Big E would call it, a big man meat slapping match or whatever the hell that is. Uh, <laughs> later on oh, in the match, something like that. <laughs> later on in the match, Lashley goes up to the top rope and Goldberg caught him and then threw him across the ring. But Lashley, uh, sorry, MVP pulls Lashley out of the ring to avoid the spear. Love that spot that MVP gets involved. We'll get more back to that. Goldberg followed to hit the outside to hit a spear, and then Goldberg tried to hit another spear back inside the ring, but MVP hits him very lightly in the knee with his cane, which rendered Goldberg completely fucking useless. <laughs> like For the rest of the match. He was not able to walk. Lashley just targets the knee, keeps hitting him, hits the hurt lock, hits a chop block, uh, keeps attacking attacking him. Goldberg was unable to get to his feet, clutching his knee, and then the referee calls for the bell. After the match, MVP slides Lashley a steel chair, and then Lashley just uses it to completely pound on Lashley's knee. And then a child, a 15-year-old Gage Goldberg, jumps into the ring onto Lashley's back. Lashley immediately destroys this kid, puts him in the hurt lock, <laughs> which somehow, how long was he in the hurt lock for? Two seconds? Like three seconds, and he was, and he was just dead. Just okay, I'm sorry. That would, knock, that would not knock you out. I've been in the master lock before. No, yeah, it hurts, 100%. but it's not going to knock you out. No, and then if I, I do love how they kind of like he didn't know who was coming, he didn't know if that was a crazy fan. Like, he just I like how they like they played into it. It was good, yeah. Um, so I liked the story, but I hated the match. I also liked what they did with Lashley here. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he got over as a face because everybody was like, Yeah, fuck Goldberg, beat him up, kill yeah, his son. They were 100%. like, yeah, They were like, just, just fucking murder everybody. We don't want this. So, it's one of those things, though, too. It's like if they did that whole spot with his knee better, I would have been okay with the finish. Like, I would have been okay with the story of, of Goldberg getting beat up, like his knee yeah. destroyed, and he wasn't able to continue. I was okay with that. Like, and then leading into the, the whole Gage Goldberg thing, like, I would have been fine with it. But it's just, like, you know how what? Poor does Goldberg wrestle? He does everything so bad. And I bet it looked okay live because you probably couldn't see like the up close of MVP hitting Goldberg in the knee. But on TV, he literally was like, boink. Especially when there's 45 camera cuts and, and, and you see exactly what happened or what. And didn't stop happen. showing us it. The director should see that and be like, yeah, I didn't hit him that hard. Maybe don't show that. Yeah. Like, it's brutal. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll give, like, I liked the story. I didn't like the match. I think a C is fair here. I'm going to go C minus. All right. Uh, there's no in between there, so it'll be a C. So that brings us to a C in total, um, which is about right so far, because I'm still kind of drawn in with the stories they're trying to tell. 
Next up, we have the main event. We have Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Cena, I, I don't know how I feel about this because they had a story laid out and that was all Cena needed was a one, two, three. I didn't know that would mean he's trying to hit a roll up all match. Um, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It's just like, it's, I honestly thought that uh, we were going to get a few bumps and in in a few more physical bumps by Cena, but it's just like, it's just, he's an actor now and it's everything yeah. he does is, is in a protection for his acting career. And it's, I, it's another aspect into with, with WWE, especially it's, why do we keep bringing these guys back when we have all these guys to use? Nakamura, all these other guys that could have been in these, this position that would have been such a better match because you have guys willing to actually wrestle and yeah. be part of pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, so there was a point in this match where Cena mocks Reigns and does the the whole spear ooh thing. He looks so stupid doing that. Please never do that again in your life. No, he does – He. That, the problem with Cena too is he he almost is too into his pro wrestling character now, so yeah. he just kind of like uh, like brings a comedy edge to it and a and a childish edge to it, and it's just like I know my, my the majority of my big fans are are kids, so I'm gonna just kind of cartoon it up a bit, and I I don't know, it's just one of those things where if you're gonna do that, just stay away. Yeah, don't do that. Um... Near I was end- disappointed, obviously. I, yeah, this, I was disappointed in this match. It had a big match feel, but it didn't deliver. Near the end of the match, Reigns misses a spear, and then he hits the ring post, and then Cena takes him to the corner, hits an attitude adjustment from the second rope, which I always like to see that. Uh, Reigns kicks out again, and then a back-and-forth exchange of punches. Reigns hits two Superman punches and a spear to hit the pinfall. Uh, this was It was an okay match, um, but I want to grade this whole segment as a whole. There was an AA through the table, which I do always appreciate. So did you think anything was going to happen after this match? No, I thought it was just going to – I thought, like, they were just going to pan around. Uh, I actually had my buddy over on um, on Saturday night for SummerSlam, and yeah. he was he was sitting there, and he said a few times during the night that Brock Lesnar is going to show up. Brock Lesnar is going to show up. So right. he actually called it. So shout out Cody because he called it. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting anything either. Um, let's talk about the match first. Do you think the match was good? I thought the match was okay, but it's one of those things with, especially with Roman Reigns is I know in pro wrestling that you're, you know, uh, when the finish is coming and you can kind of see it coming and that's kind of the, the, you can see a lot of things coming, but with Roman Reigns, especially it's you, you literally feel like you're watching something play out. Yeah. It's very it's scripted. It's, it's, it's so I, scripted. I know it is scripted, but it's very scripted with him. Yeah, and it's 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 literally like he's following a script of what moves to do. It's, okay, do this. Okay, do this. Okay, do this. Okay, do this. Okay, finish time. Go. And it's just like you can see it happening. And I know, and I know like I said, I know you, there's a lot of things you can see happening, but it's just spear – or sorry, Superman punch, Superman punch, spear, m- match is done. Roman Reigns is, ha- is sitting there with the title held up in his hands. I, I yeah. just, it's just, oh. So Reigns is celebrating, and Paul Heyman's looking a little bit shifty. And then all of a sudden, we hear. And that's about the most we hear because commentary wouldn't shut the fuck up. So, um, but it was pa- great. I'm sorry. I, I I don't know what happened to Michael Cole, but the things he's he's starting to take a chance on saying. Oh no! Yeah. Like 
It's great. It's like he's like, oh shit, and then uh, Pat Matthews like, say it, Cole, say, say it, Cole. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I love those two together. He's actually t- like growing Michael Cole on me because of Pat no, McAfee. Yeah. Say it, Cole. Say it. Next morning, I woke up and that's the first thing I, I texted you is I don't know why, but Michael Cole is growing on me and I fucking love him. Say it, Cole. Yeah, that was great. Um, He's losing his son Adam though. What's going to do? In a return, say that after the initial crowd pop. Don't say it during the crowd pop. That's no, my only yeah. issue. No, I have an issue with what you're agree. saying. No, um, I agree. So Lesnar comes to the ring looking like a freaking Viking. Love the way he looks. He's playing really babyface, hyping up with the crowd. Goes up to Roman. Roman's like, "Nah, I'm good," and leaves. The part that killed me and actually made me laugh, and I thought it was a perfect part of the story, was during Brock's entrance, he wasn't looking at Brock. He was just staring a fucking hole through Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Which I great. thought was perfect. He's like, Paul, you got something to tell me. <laughs> and, like, and like you said, though, too, is uh, Paul Heyman almost like foreshadowed Brock coming out. So it's like, did Brock give him a text and be like, I'm on my way? And then, like, Brought, and then Paul Heyman didn't tell Roman, and this leads into the into the like the, the match, and it's actually and it's even better storytelling. Like it, there's so many options with this, and and, yeah. and it's one thing I, I I hate to do is give Roman Reigns credit, but he's easily the best thing on on SmackDown right now. Oh yeah, and especially you could even say WWE as a whole, and his his character, and it. I don't say this often, but I actually want to see different people challenge him and actually and him go over because he. He's done so well with the role. My only issue is Brock clearly wins the title back here at probably Saudi Arabia. I don't um, think so. I don't think so. But then where do you go from Brock? Because his last three challengers have all been guy legends returning. Edge, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Who are you bringing back next? Hulk Hogan? Yeah, yeah. That, that That's definitely a good point. But it's one of those things where it's like – Unless you pull the underdog story and Finn Balor is the guy that does it. Big E versus Brock Lesnar. Big that e is that plays is your that baby face role and goes, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you when I'm gonna cash this in and, and here we go. But that it's one is of those your, things where your one out is the money in the bank championship because that is yeah. used as a reset, which I do I don't know if Big E's coming to SmackDown to cash it in yeah. though. I'm not I don't but, or staying on SmackDown to cash it in. I think he's going over to Raw to cash that in. I'm gonna sound like an idiot now because I'm gonna go against what I just said. I'm wrong. I definitely think this is gonna go. This is gonna be the main event in Saudi Arabia. So, oh, 100. Yeah, dude. you're right. You're right. That's that's the only thing that makes sense about him coming back. And, and this has nothing to do with CM Punk coming back or anything like that. This has everything to do with the Saudi show. That's Saudi money. Drew yeah, McIntyre is actually yeah. gonna use his sword there and decapitate someone. And it's okay. It's fine. It's legal there. Yeah, you're you're good. Sammy Zayn can't even. Sammy Zayn can't even go there because he'll he'll just get fucking arrested when he lands. That's why he hasn't been there. Yeah, that's why but, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens hasn't been there too. Also, they're, they're, in uh, in Saudi Arabia, the uh, the I don't know if this has been officially announced yet, but the rumor is that we will have the Queen of the Ring and the King of the Ring finals in Saudi Arabia. So um, that'll be interesting. I don't know how well that Queen of the Ring match will be received in. Saudi Arabia, where women aren't even allowed to really do anything, but all, all for you. So, what do you give this Reigns versus Cena match? I'll go C minus. Are we including the Lesnar part? No, the Lesnar part by itself was an A. So, I guess as oh, a whole, going. it's a C plus. All right, C plus. I'll, I'll go B plus. So, let's give it a C. 
which brings us to a C total. So SummerSlam in our books got a C, which I think is about fair. That's fair. Really fair. You know, it had its moments. They didn't book long term, but the good news is we have NXT TakeOver on Sunday night. So we'll see you in a second. We're going to take a quick break. So now it's Sunday night. I was able to get off work at noon, so I was pretty greased up for TakeOver, which I was kind of happy about. Um, <laughs> to kick off TakeOver, we have Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. Now, I don't really care for any of these two guys, but holy cow, did they deliver a hell of a match. Massive yep, yeah. spots. LA Knight delivered. He was phenomenal. Um, Cameron Grimes was really good in this match. Near the end of the match, Knight is hanging onto the ropes to set up um, LA Knight. But LA Knight hits an avalanche German suplex, which doesn't put Cameron Grimes down. He looks for a backslide, but he gets the million-dollar dream. Hanging onto it, LA Knight steps up and reverses to a pin. Grimes keeps it for a beat, but Knight gets the ropes with a break. So then Grimes go, uh, sorry, then Knight goes and gets the million dollar title and kicks Grimes' heads off. Knight falls to the floor and DiBiase knocks him out with a heavy right hand and then puts the million dollar dream on him. Goes back inside, Grimes wins by pinfall with the cave in, becoming the new million dollar champion. This match was, I think it was the perfect match to kick off TakeOver just because it was the one everybody didn't really care about. But what a hell of a match. What a hell of a match these guys delivered, yeah. man. Like I was like, yeah. okay, if this is the opening match, I'm excited to see what they have in store because we still got three phenomenal yeah. matches coming up and a potential really good women's match. Um, no, I agree. I agree. LA Knight's growing on me. Cameron Grimes is really good. I think he got two future stars here. So keep giving them matches like this. Put them up against some top NXT guys. I think these guys are going to deliver later. And I love Cameron Grimes' finish too. That stomp. Mm. Sure. Just kiss. So my only question for you here is, are we recognizing the million dollar championship as an actual NXT title now? Uh, I would. Part of me says no, but with NXT and the way they're going now, who knows? Is this their retaliation to the FTW about an AEW? It could be. It could be. I, I, I don't know though. I don't think WWE's that smart to, to smart enough to to say that's what they're doing. So I'm going to give this match a B plus because it entertained me. I thought it was good. Totally good story. I don't know where you fall on this. I'll go with a B. I think it was a, it was a good, it was a good enough kickoff match. I was, I was super hung over for the NXT. So I didn't enjoy it as much as I usually would as, as a normal NXT show, but it was definitely a B. The perfect cure for hangover is a beer. Oh, I, and I had a few of those. Don't worry. Next up, we have Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's championship. Uh, about halfway through the match, Kai hits uh, Dakota. Sorry, Dakota did not hit herself. Uh, Dakota Kai hits Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez with a boot, but uh, Raquel rolls to the ropes. Dakota hits a code breaker, doesn't get the pinfall. Gonzalez turns to the tide with her strength, obviously. The damage is done to the arm, and then she struggles a little bit, but is able to block a scorpion kick and turn it into a power bomb. Back and forth, Raquel drops her onto the ramp. This was a fantastic spot. Uh, Gonzalez shrugs off Dakota Kai and asks for more. Not enough. Recall counters and puts her into the corner hard up top, and then she you know, gets a boot. Recall Gonzalez wins by pinfall with an avalanche one-armed powerbomb, which great finish uh, to retain the NXT Women's Championship. This was good. I don't really care for these two wrestlers, as I didn't with the first match, but you know what? You delivered a hell of a match. I'm going to give you a B. 
yeah, I would. I would have a hard time giving a B, but I would say, yeah, let's just go with a B. Let's give them. We'll give them credit where credit's due. I guess. I, I guess they did deliver where they could have. Um, it's one of those things where I didn't really care about the storyline. I don't believe the little the little heel versus the big baby face. I'm not into it. But as in the in the in ring side of things, I'll give it a B. Sure, why not? The little guy versus big guy is like WWE's claim to fame. So. I and I hated it. I I just don't get it. I I just don't. I don't know. It just sucks. Next up, we have Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. Um, what a fucking uh, match! This match. Like, what, what, be... like what else can you say? But it? it was just like it's just oh my god! This is why I am a wrestling fan. I know wrestling is fake. And it's scripted. Don't tell Ilya and Walter that. Look at Ilya's chest after this. Look at the emotion he had winning the title. Look at this fucking match. This match was one of... No. This match was the best match I have ever seen. It beat their first match. I don't know if you've seen their first one. It was better than their first one. These Mm -hmm. guys went... I think they went like 23 minutes and all of the time I was entertained, my God, can these two guys go? I would have been so okay good. if they so would good. just went with this to the end of the show. And then the finish, the finish on top of what the match was, it was just so good. The so match was so good. Good. So many pops. Like, I can't even read through this whole match. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. even think I, you need to, honestly. I think it's just one of those things where – I think we just need to talk about it because because like, that's that's the only way to, to tell people how much it, how good it was. It's it's one of those things where like everything that happened, it was like I was on the edge of my seat. It was just so good. It was so raw. It was just it was just so perfect. That's the that's and, really the only way to say it. It was perfect. And there was no way this was booked by anybody but the two guys wrestling. A hundred percent. And what a novel concept, like you said earlier. Yeah. Like, can and you believe they, that? They played their roles perfectly. Walter was playing the guy who goes, I'm the ring general. I own this ring. I own you. I own that title. This is mine. And Ilya's like, I don't stand a fucking chance here, but I'm going to use my heart to beat you. He caught Walter midair. Walter's yeah. got a hundred pounds on this guy. What a fucking match, man. Walter was slapping, like legitimately slapping the shit out of this guy. You should see if you can't, if you haven't seen it, go look up Ilya Dragunov chest and just look at the images of his chest after this match. He had blood blisters all over him. Those are real. That was not makeup because you can see the amount of punishment he is taking in this match. He's taking legitimate chops from Walter, and that guy can hit. He's a big dude. Both guys in this match looked amazing. This was a WrestleMania main event. Yep. Yep. I completely a- agree. A plus. A plus plus. Well done, plus. boys. A bl- you know what? I'm going to give it an A plus plus plus. Yeah. No, um, seriously, do it. This match, I, I, I can't say enough about this match. It was so fucking good. It stole I, the weekend. It, it it was the match of the whole weekend. It was. Yeah. It. Like entertainment wise, it was better than the Punk debut. It was better than anything on SummerSlam, and it was the best match on NXT. It was the best match of the whole weekend. I have just, a second behind the Punk thing. 
but you can't grade the two because Punk was a return. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But like, if I had to watch something back, I'm watching that match again. That's fair. That's fair. If someone said you can watch the Punk return again or you can watch this match again, I'm watching that match again because it was so good. It was so no, so good. Hundred percent. And you know what? They wrestled the whole time. There was no cheap shots. There was nobody cheating. The referee didn't get taken out at all. I just thought this is what NXT should be going towards. And there is a chance that is what they're doing. So if they head towards something like this, if you make Walter and Dragunov your top two guys, fuck, go for it. And if you're not going to, then I'm not watching NXT. I'm watching NXT UK to watch these two guys go at it. I honestly think you're going to have a hard time keeping Walter in the States. I think that's the problem with Walter to begin with, to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe. But um, I got a question for you. I, I think this will be fun. Who, like, dream match, who are you putting against Walter? Dream match? In, in WWE, I, like, to make it reasonable. Okay. Uh, you know what? This is going to sound a little, uh, like, I would, I would like the box. Walter versus Ricochet. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go just, for somebody who's more built like him. I would go yeah. Samoa Joe versus Walter would Ooh. be fantastic. Or Walter versus Kevin Owens. I mean, hey, this here's an idea for WWE. Maybe for Survivor Series, we should maybe do NXT versus NXT UK like we would do Raw versus SmackDown. Just an or idea. Team Regal versus Team Joe. Yeah, yeah. But okay, no, do it in more games. Do it in more games. Do that though because of the, the the Joe versus Regal or the Joe and Regal relationship now. So that might be out of the, the out of the picture. No, you can book it. You have enough time to be like, yeah, you know, Joe, Joe just goes fuck you, whatever. Yeah, I'm the enough. champion now. It's my show. Fair right, War Games yeah. Team Regal versus Team Joe. No, I agree. I agree. Regal could be cut. Like Regal could wrestle in that match. You can you can protect regal in a war games match i don't think i want to see william regal in a war games match to be honest well i'd have to wear a shirt but he'd be all right (laughs) pat mcafee was in one for crying out loud fair enough fair enough but uh, he was so good he got put on commentary so dragon off who would you put against him tyler bait tyler bait versus dragon off i'm going so good i'm going finn balor i like that too but we already see that. that we already seen that I want to see it again. Fair enough. Fair enough. But Demon. Yeah. You and your Demon, Finn Balor. Fucking love Demon, Finn Balor. Bring <laughs> that back. Uh, so, yeah, this kind of stole the show. I knew it was going to go downhill after here. Next up, we have Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. This was actually pretty good. Adam Cole's last match in WWE. We'll get to that after this. Please do not ruin the show. Uh, so Kyle O'Reilly, um, they start off with a regular wrestling match, which if you're doing, okay, can we clarify something here? What is the difference between a three stages of hell match and a best two out of three? I, I, I want to say with the three stages of hell match, they all have to be gimmick matches. Okay. So this was neither because the first pinfall wasn't a gimmick. Yes, so it was. That's why it was two out of three falls because it was technically two out of three falls. But a two out of three falls match has no gimmick. I guess because you had the one. I guess because you had a mixture of it, it was a two out of three falls. I I don't know who fucking knows. So in total, <laughs> this match made no sense, but it was actually my first good. thought was because it says hell in it, but then they have a pay per view called Hell in the Cell. So I don't know. But then they have, and then they say War Games, but then they can't say Raw is War. So who knows. 
I don't know. But anyway, um, Kyle O'Reilly wins the first pinfall with a victory roll-up. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah. So obviously Adam Cole's winning the second pinfall, which he did. They had a couple good spots outside. O'Reilly hit a shinbreaker into a chair and then a dragon screw into the chair. And Adam was barely able to get to his feet, but he was able to sidestep. So Kyle crashes into a chair. Uh, later on in the match, Adam is faster and he hits Kyle O'Reilly spine first into the chairs. Adam Cole wins the second fall. It's 1-1. Oh, um, we knew this was going to a steel cage anyway because they wouldn't set it up if they weren't going to use it. That was a really scary spot. I thought he was legitimately injured. I For a second there, I, did, I definitely thought those doctors were coming out for a reason. Because the way he landed on it, that was like kudos for him for taking that spot. No, Before this match can even start, Cole's attacks him. And this is when I knew he was okay because he power bombed him onto the table. Yeah. I'm like, okay, if he was legitimately thinking, you know, he's hurt his back, he wouldn't do that. Um, I'm not going to lie of, to you. Part, part of me thought this, like, there was a chance that Kyle O'Reilly could go 2 0, like, to, like win this match 2 0. I thought that too. But if you're advertising a still cage match, you probably want to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I thought the steel cage match wasn't the best part of this, but you no, still want to advertise it. Um, I just want to talk about the way the cage came down. That was weird. <laughs> so cool. It was, it was so cool. cool. It was like it was like it just came down like all four. I was expecting it to come down as one, but it came down as yeah. four separate walls. I was like, oh, that's yeah. different. I guess you're yeah. in a smaller arena, so you have to make it work. But like, it almost wasn't a steel cage. It was just like a steel wall match. Yeah, it looked like it honestly looked like a, like a transformer. And you know what I liked about this cage? No door. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that. Good call. So a steel cage match should not be able to be won by exiting the door or climbing out of the cage. It should be pinfall or submission. And I think that was the rules in this match. I'm 50-50 on that. Like, I, I definitely like the rules of not being able to go to the, the, like the cage door because it should be locked at all times. But I don't mind going over the top because, I mean, that's why it's there, right? If you, did, if you don't want people going over the top, put a, put a roof on it. Well, that way, that's hell in a cell. The, I, the whole idea yeah. of a steel, steel cage is that you can't leave. And then the whole, and then the main way people win a steel cage match is by leaving. Fuck off. So then, so put a roof on it. And like all cells have a roof. So then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if. So then you would just have to call it mini hell in a cell. Or not even mini in hell in a cell. Just call oh, it a steel I guess cage not. Match. Because hell in a yeah. cell, you can get to the outside. Of like the that war, you don't call war games, war games, hell in a cell. Yeah, fuck right? it. Just throw them in war games next time. Yeah. Wish, it would be pretty cool to see a one-on-one war games match with the two rings. Like, I, I definitely would be intrigued by it. I don't think I not one-on-one, but I think like are you talking about my idea of eight guys and it's an eight-man elimination war games? Yeah, and then it leads up to a one-on-one match that could definitely work. But I'm even thinking just a one like if if the feud is so bad that you could just have a one-on-one match in in a, a huge steel cage. I think it. The problem with war games is too much happens at the end of the match, and you you're kind of lost on it, and that's why your idea. That's why the elimination match. The elimination, like yeah. you put in, like if we if you were to do it right now, but you have an eight man elimination war games match. The match does not start until all eight guys are in war games. So you would go like the, like the um, blood and guts match. Exactly. The match didn't start until everyone was in the ring. Yeah, so what you would, would go lockdown. You go fucking, I don't know. Let's say Adam Cole says so you go Adam Cole, Walter, Dragon off. Champa, Gargano, um, LA Knight, sure, why not? And then yeah, who, who's your two other guys? Um, Thatcher. 
Yeah, Thatcher and Dunn. O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Sure, replace Thatcher with Dunn. There you go. Yeah. There's your eight yeah. guys. That yeah. is a phenomenal eight-man elimination match. Elimination matches are the best because you can do so it's much. It's like with the them, uh, so. the match in 2000 with the uh, Armageddon Hell in the Cell with like Kurt Angle, Undertaker. Yeah, Triple but H, that Stone wasn't Cold. elimination. No, but but it was still like the the same idea, like everyone for themselves in a big yeah. cage. Yeah. So I, I liked that. Um, and then yeah, so we just went on a tangent halfway through the match. Uh, Cole throws. Kyle into the walls a couple times and then, you know, Kyle gets fired up, traps him against the cage and then hits him with running knees. Cole eventually handcuffs Kyle to the ropes, hits him with two super kicks, a couple knees. And then on the last super kick, Kyle O'Reilly just suddenly grabs him by the heel with a hook and Adam taps really fucking quickly. So Kyle O'Reilly wins the third fall and wins the match with a score of two to one. I was enjoying this until the finish. And then... I don't know. The finish kind of soured me on it a little bit, so I'm going to give this a B minus. I'm not going to lie to you. I love the finish because it, it it told me everything I needed to to know. And just you know, the shirt I have here behind me, the the company it's from. I don't think he's going. Be, I don't think he's going to AEW. I, I it's like 99 he's going to AEW. There's there's no chance he's going to the main roster because he's not going back to NXT. We'll that's see. just that's that's just my take. I, I, he he said on uh, his Twitch stream the other day that he was there was no chance that he was getting rid of his Twitch stream, and you're not allowed having Twitch stream on the main roster. So wow. he's negotiating a contract right now in his contract. You can add anything to a contract. So, but you're telling me that they're gonna let one guy let have Twitch and not let anybody else? That's not gonna cause issues. Xavier Woods still has his. Yeah, that's no. He has his own video game thing though. So that's that's. That's WWE related, though. Also, legally, the WWE can't do that because they're independent contractors. Somebody should probably fight them up. Yeah, but if you're an independent contractor, you should technically be able to show up wherever you want. And they're not allowed doing that. So that's why they're not independent contractors. And that's why they're going to get screwed eventually, and I can't wait. So I went with B-. minus. What did you go with? (laughs) Uh, I went with an A because I'm excited for Adam Cole to leave and finally get the chance that he deserves. I'll give it a B. You okay with that? Yeah, that's cool. All right. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, like I, I, I enjoyed it, but it's just one of those things where it, it felt rushed. It, it felt they knew they knew exactly what Adam Cole's decision decision yeah. is going to be. That's what it feels like. See, I think because he hasn't signed anywhere, I think if he was going to AEW, Kyle would have won two nothing. But they don't know what he's doing yet. Well, technically, he won't be able to sign yet, though. Technically, he's not even allowed talking to AEW. Yeah, but they know both know that they're talking to each other. Your wife, no, hundred percent, right? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they, they know, they know. It's so one of those things, I, though. That if you still think you have a chance, you don't put the guy, you don't put the guy down like that. But that's so, part of the story, right? Because yeah. by putting him down now, you can put him on the main roster. No, yeah, and I, you're also yeah. putting over Kyle. Like if you, no, hundred percent. If Cole wins, he probably has to stay in NXT, and now you bury Kyle. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. mind that. Also, shout out to Kyle O'Reilly. I didn't know he was such a good singles wrestler. No, he's great. Canadian yeah. too. Yeah. He's he's good. He's uh he's from uh fucking um BC. Yeah, good for him. All right. Main event. I didn't think this would be the main event. And it you know what? It should have been the main event because it was actually pretty good. Uh, but I would, always end with your title. I would yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You always end with the main thing. But I would not have been mad if Dragnoff and Walter went on last. That should have gone yeah. on last. That was so That's fucking fair. good. That's fair. Um, we had Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe. 
Cross comes out without Scarlett again. Tonight on Raw, he came out dressed like a gimp. So not quite sure what's going on with that. Um, later good on shit, in the pal. match. Also, when Joe came out, I kind of got goosebumps. Like, it was good to hear that again. Yeah. Uh, later on in the match, Hammerlock knee to the face gets carrying a near fall. And then he floats it into a mountain forearm to the back of Joe's head. He keeps hitting him in the corner. Joe hits him with an elbow and then a belly-to-belly suplex. But he's too slow to capitalize on the Manhattan drop. Big boot, running senton, cover, and nothing. Then he hits another senton, and he hits the coquina clutch, falling back to the mat, but he can't quite hook it in. Cross rolls through and hit, hit locks in the arm bar. He's looking for the cross jacket. Joe is fading. He's a drooling, bloody mess, but he, you know, Hogan's up, gets to his feet, and he breaks the hold by ramming Cross into the corner. Cross lets him go, hits him in the back of the head, and he's lining him up. But Samojo counters with the rock bottom, which cool. And then I'm You're like, Nagi. yeah. And then I'm like, how is Joe going to win this match? And then he hits the fucking muscle buster and he wins. I'm like, oh my god, what a finish. The finish to this match was fantastic. I haven't seen the Muscle Buster in forever, and I actually thought it was outlawed in the WWE. No, it was good. It was, I, I loved it. I loved the so, finish. I loved the match. It was a beast match. And it was a great story, because I think what they're doing here, they're going to let Samoa Joe kind of carry NXT for like a year here. The new wave of NXT, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think people are... We could talk about this after the, the, after the TakeOver recap, but... Um, I like Joe winning here. Yep, me too. Yep. Uh, I'll give this match a B plus. I'm gonna go with an A, just because I think it was a I think it was a really good way of putting Joe over. You know uh, what? Joe Joe won, so I'll go with an A. Yep, yeah. You convinced good. you convinced me. A. So we got a B B A plus 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 B and A. So I think NXT Takeover 36 was an A minus. Not bad. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um we both know what the match of the weekend was. Yeah, Ilya versus yeah. Ilya versus uh, Walter. If you have not watched, if you have not watched that match, go and watch go it. Go back it, and watch it. If you yeah. don't have means to watch it, DM me. I will give you my network login so you can go and watch it because it is that if, good. Yeah, and if you uh, wanna, and so, if you want to do, and if you do want to go back and watch it, just just honestly break it down in in a few parts. Just and, and make sure you're watching it, just because. There's so many little things that happen that make yeah. you realize why people are fans of pro wrestling. Yeah. And uh, so what was your moment of the weekend, though? I'm such a big CM Punk fan and someone who is who is such a, an angry fan, fan when he left. And f- to have seven years end up like this. I was, I was 17 when Punk left. So, like, it's just, yeah, I don't I know. Been, it's, uh... it's easily CM Punk. But it's it's crazy to think that like I I when CM Punk left I, I, I literally been, went out yeah, and I made sure oh, I, I had the, the same fucking, Rumble. Yeah, I would yeah. have been the same fucking age as you. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> but yeah, right. but, but just uh, easily CM Punk. How about you? What's your what was your moment of the weekend? My moment of the weekend was the CM Punk return because I thought that was yeah. phenomenal. Closely followed by the Lesnar return because I was genuinely surprised by that. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. I would I completely um, agree. But no, CM Punk wins that match of the weekend was dragging off Walter. The show of the weekend, it's honestly a toss-up between Rampage and Takeover. I would say Takeover, to be honest with you. Yeah, Takeover had more wrestling. 
Yeah, um, I know, as a pro wrestling fan, you're, you 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 sound like you sound dumb saying like yeah that one promo was better than five great matches. Yeah, no, yeah. no, like no, yeah. But um, NXT NXTs usually or takeovers usually deliver, and they usually they, they kill it. So and it did. Um, yeah, exactly. So my weekend as a pro wrestling fan, you know what? I'm happy. Yeah, me too. I'm happy. Yeah. Sure, you, you can critique stuff, but you know what? We have a podcast. We're going to critique stuff. You can't yeah. be happy about everything. People aren't going to tune in to us just going on here being like, oh, this was great. That was great. Yay, Jinder yeah. Mahal. No, fuck how, off. And that's not how WWE is. That's not how yeah. – there, there's hey, there's some like, – AEW's on a hot streak right now, but there's going to be – I know that we may, it might sound that I, like I'm an AEW biased person, but there's going to be some weeks where I'm not going to be happy with AEW. Yeah, exactly. Be every week that I'm with WWE. So every week that the Young Bucks have a match, I'm going to be unhappy. So you're insane, just, but I get just, it. Just wait for that. So, uh, like, I could kick out of eleven super kicks. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and then wrap up the show. And now we're going to wrap it up. So we had a fantastic weekend of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment, which Jarek texted me, which I totally agreed with. Um, where do you think we go from here? Let's start with Rampage and the whole CM Punk thing and Darby Allen and just everything there. Where, What direction is AEW heading here? I think we should definitely take more of a shift towards all out. And I think that, I think that needs to be on the top of everybody's mind. And then we, I, I know everybody kind of knows that it's coming up, but it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of been pushed to the side because of CM Punk, because of Rampage, because of like everything going on. But I yeah. think right now we take a break from debuting new people because obviously we know new people are on their way, Yeah. but it's really where I think we just need to take a pause on that and just build straight to all out because we literally went from having two matches to having almost a full card now with I think a few more additions on their way. Yeah. But it's 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 interesting because you you know those guys are coming, but it's there's a pay-per-view coming right there. So yeah, I think all of our focus needs to be on that that pay-per-view because I think that's gonna help build the the dynamite rampage shows. What do you think? I think you're on the right path with your thought there because the one downside of AEW is the length of their pay-per-views. They go, I like, I'm exhausted by the end because every match delivers. Yeah. There's some duds. It's very rare, but there are some duds and you're like, that didn't need to be on there. That didn't need to do that. Um, maybe they go from four pay-per-views a year to six. You could do six. Yeah. Just 100%. so you get more people on the card. Or treat, you know, every fourth Dynamite as a pay-per-view. Or have one, like, I've never seen a company do this, and it's here, or maybe a weird idea. Have a month where, like, that's like your super month, and you have two pay-per-views. You have one sure. pay-per-view at the beginning of the month and one pay-per-view at the end of the month. And it, that's where your your two major things happen every year. And after, it's like your it's your, your WrestleMania, built in, like, broken up into two pay-per-views in a month. Yeah, and, do that. And that's where you restart every year. Because so we know, I, that's, I, we know a restart's coming. Yeah, and I guess we can get to this right now. Uh, this is kind of like rumors, but um, AEW is about to get an influx of talent. It looks like Bray Wyatt's going there. He was at Rampage. Um, was that confirmed? Yes, that was him. Okay, okay. You know, uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryanson, whatever the fuck you want to call him, the <laughs> yes man. Uh, he's probably AEW bound. It looks like Ryback has signed with them too, which God help us all. And it that's, also that's looked, a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That's a joke. No, Ryback has legitimately been rumored to be signing with AEW. Are you serious? Yeah. 
Oh my God, please. I, I really hope that's not true. Nope, it's true. God help us all. And then it also looks like Adam Cole is heading that way too. So they're about to get an influx of talent. So either they got to let some people go, introduce a new show, or you got to add more pay-per-views because you can't start crowding the card because that is the issue WCW ran into and you don't want to fall into that trap. I agree. I agree. Right? So um, just be careful with how you book your card. You're doing a good job right now because you don't have too much talent. But once you have too much talent – that just leads to you burying guys or forgetting about guys. So just be very careful. And, mm-hmm. us, you know, WrestleMania 35 was eight hours and we were exhausted by the main event. Don't do that with All Out. Don't make it mm-hmm. eight hours. Maybe take the NXT approach where you have five matches. You know, maybe you need more than five, but go with seven. But do seven matches. Two of them could be quick ones and then have five mm-hmm. solid matches. Do that. Yep, I agree. We're fine with that. Right, but don't do you start, think, um, don't start your do you pay-per-view with sell out. It's got to be Punk Darby, right? I would, I would, I would assume so. I think, I like, in, I know this goes in, against it's what in I Chicago? just said. It's in Chicago, and I know yeah, this goes against Punk what Darby. I just said. But th- that's one of those matches that has the, the. It's it's all about the crowd when it comes to that. So I think you can kind of go against the rule I just I said earlier when you, yeah. you need your title end it. But I definitely think it's gonna be Punk versus Darby. But also, we've, totally we've, okay for. we've already seen Christian versus Omega. So exactly. So yeah, like I know I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And then mm-hmm. if that main events that opens up the opportunity for someone to debut at the end to challenge, challenge punk. So can I give my prediction? Daniel Bryan. No, I honestly think that's when Moxie turns heel and he comes out and attacks punk because, because punk's already said in the Tony Khan interview, he's yet to face uh, Moxley. And he said it before he's yet to face Moxley. So I'd be okay Who with knows? that. Is, so what's their WrestleMania? Is their WrestleMania all out or is it full gear? What's, what's, uh, I think it's double or nothing. I think I believe is their oh, okay. biggest. So double or, double or nothing is not for a while then. So That's in May. So Yeah, you might have to wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, who knows? Who knows? You, you have, like I said earlier, you have you have so many baby faces coming in. It's not. It wouldn't be a bad time to have Punk versus Moxie for a bit. And Moxie I mean, kind of works his way, but it's one of those things where I feel like uh, Punk wants to work with uh, with younger talent. So, I think you pull a swerve here, and I just thought of this on the spot. I think they should go with it. If you have Bray Wyatt under contract at the time, and like he's able to use it, you don't have him attack Punk. You have him attack Darby. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have that whole Bray Wyatt and. Fuck, I don't know. Bring in Braun Strowman and freaking Eric Rowan and have them go against Sting and Darby. It's two supernatural yeah, I, forces. I don't know. Yeah, I like maybe that. maybe mix Bring in Al- Abaddon into it. Mix in Malachi Black too. Yeah. And Abaddon. The, the, yeah, the, sure. the zombie girl. Like, yeah, go go for it. Mix it in. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I I'm okay with that. Um I have the I don't care what they do. I have the trust in them that they're gonna do it right. Until they do something wrong and until they fuck something up and don't change it, I have all my confidence with AEW. I'm for God's all, sakes, all <laughs> for God's sakes, leave Cody Rhodes out of it. Yep. I'm yeah, yeah. Talk about shut down your throat. Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't don't use him again. Don't just you know what? If Cody took a year off and then re-debuted, I'd be okay with that. I completely agree. I think I I think for what he, everything he did, everything he was trying to do, he tried to make seem like such a big part of the show. Where I got so sick of it, where I need I need a break from. Him. He was trying Don't to be tri- 
he was trying to be Triple H. He made yeah. he tried to make himself bigger than the title by saying that he can no longer fight for the title, and then still made all his all his um sh- like uh, matches main event worthy. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. I think someone spoke to him about that too because like that dropped off pretty recently. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So you know what? I, I don't think Tony Khan's scared to say stuff that he needs to say to his, his superstars. So or performers. Sorry. Yeah. So where do you think, uh, let's do NXT. Where do you think NXT goes from here? And this is, a, you know, no, no, let's do this one last because that can go anywhere. Um, what about the WWE? Like, what do you think in here? Like, where's Roman have, go from here? Honestly, where's man, Goldberg go think, from here? Like, what are we thinking? I don't think I have an honest answer for you because it's such a mess. It seems like right now, it, it just feels like nothing's flowing. It just feels like they're doing things in the fly, and I don't think anything. It's because, that. and I'm gonna say this again, and I hate to repeat myself. It's because they're booking for moments, not for storytelling. So then, stop doing that then, because you're not. But they never will. Either. No, I know, but like, I, I, I just when you give us a moment like Becky, I don't remember that as a moment. I remember it as the time that you killed Bianca Belair. Yep, that's and that's my problem. So when you say we're booking for moments, are they? Because these moments suck. <laughs> like I, I hate to say, it, like the Brock thing was so good, and, and and there are good things, but stuff sucks. Let's be honest, and I don't think that's necessarily a great thing. Yeah, I don't. Know. But, I have. There's so much potential they have after SummerSlam, but there's also a lot they could get wrong. So I hope they book it yeah. right. No, I agree. I agree. Where's NXT going? Uh, not a good place, especially with the fact that they're they're going for bigger talent and greener talent and and younger people. I just don't see where this show goes in a good direction, which is scary because I think my my biggest my big prediction by the end of 2022, NXT is not going to be on TV anymore. It's only going to be a network exclusive or a Peacock exclusive. I don't think they're going to let NXT slide that far. I have nothing tells me otherwise. I have hope for NXT. They did have too much talent. They shedded some of it. Was some of it the wrong talent? Yes. Um, but you know, Hunter Helmsley is still in charge of talent recruitment and all that. He's gonna bring in the right guys. Are you gonna have some duds? Yes. But is it a developmental promotion? Yes, it is. So you're gonna yeah. have some guys who don't work out, you're gonna have some guys who do work out. Um I, I'm gonna hold out hope that NXT is still pretty good because you do have a guy like Samoa Joe leading the charge. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So let's cross our fingers and hope it still works out. Our questions will be answered on Wednesday. Yeah, hundred percent. Tuesday. 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 I keep forgetting that I had to head anymore. <laughs> Any final thoughts? No, I just like again. It was a, it was a it was a it was a really good uh, weekend of, of wrestling and sports entertainment, and I'm I'm hoping that we can can c- kind of keep riding this train and that uh, every show kind of keeps picking up steam. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening, follow us on Instagram at Orion Sportcast. If you're following on Instagram at under at Orion underscore Sportscast, and we will see you on a day to be announced.